0: Thanks for tuning in for week four.
1: I'm Hooli. I'm the Joe.
0: And you're listening to Sports Retorts with Hooli and the Joe. I'm their announcer, Mary Beth Smith. And this week, we'll spend some time on the NFC and AFC championships and all of this week's coaching moves. There were more than in that episode where Craig T. Nelson had to learn how to do the salsa.
1: I think we all learned a
0: lot that episode. I'd say always bring chips. Chips salsa.
2: Oh, I thought it was for that sweet dip at the end of the episode.
1: Waka waka.
0: moment we've all been waiting for, the starting lineup. Ooh, boy, where do we begin? Uh, how about some thoughts on Duke?
2: Yeah, Duke recently dropped out of the top 25 with a loss to Miami. Editor's note, Duke, in fact, did not fall out of the top 25 rankings. They did, however, drop four spots to 24. Off to a great start, boys though this next bit is pretty solid. Robo Jackson, out. And in a response, Coach Krzyzewski texted his athletic director with three alarm emojis, need more dollar sign emoji, for basketball emoji, black eye dancing emoji. <laughs> it's
1: good that Krzyzewski's starting to learn how to use emojis. He would run out of characters if he tried to spell his own name in that text message.
2: <laughs> well, there's also no other way that he... Can recruit one and duns with a full text message, so he's using it as simple emojis and then letting them run off to the NBA.
1: I mean, why commit to four years at school if you can't commit to 140 characters?
0: <laughs> I think it would have to be the lady holding her finger up her mouth, Shh. a little chef hat, and a little skier. <laughs> <laughs> The
1: Australian Open is underway. Some recent movement there. Uh, Maria Sharapova lost to Serena Williams, marking the Americans' 18th straight victory over the Russian. Uh, When reached for comment after the match, Sharapova said, you know, after a couple dozen more of these losses, I'm really going to have to look at changing something. (laughs) Uh, Williams uh, moves on to the next round of the Australian Open, where she will face Furiosa.
0: Can you imagine how good her backhand would be though? Just robotically? <laughs> that would be yeah,
1: absolutely.
2: In other news, Vince Young was recently arrested for a DWI. When asked for a response, Vince said, I've been training real hard trying to get back into the NFL and lengthening my rap sheet was the next logical step.
1: I mean, that's how you get on teams' radars.
2: Hey, that's how you get on Jerry Jones radar. Speaking of, your boy Billy Manziel was spotted out drinking again during the uh, championship game. He figured he was off. He might as well get his rocks off.
1: It was Johnny Manziel, unless he was in the wig.
2: He was not in the wig. He was wearing a hat.
1: (laughs) You have no idea what's going on underneath that hat. Not a lot, honestly, on most days.
2: Yeah, no. You can hear the ocean in that boy's head. He really has to get his stuff together.
1: Uh, Yeah, yeah. He's going to get his stuff together, sell it, and then buy more cocaine. (laughs) (laughs) Just make sure you keep at least one dollar bill. How else are you getting it in your body?
2: Speaking of people who were and shouldn't be in the NFL, former NFL training camp attendee Michael Sam cracked a off-color joke about the L.A. Rams saying that, quote, Caitlyn Jenner should be their coach when we all know the real joke is Michael Sam's NFL career. (laughs) Just a
1: a footnote in history, a a socially relevant footnote, but a footnote nonetheless.
2: It's just ridiculous. You think someone in in the LGBTQ community should really be more sensitive to, I don't know, anyone? Uh, In a more serious topic, the Michigan State basketball team recently played Maryland, and and in order to support Flint and the Flint water crisis— they wore the ugliest neon green toxic water uniforms ever.
1: Uh, it was I, apparently meant to uh, raise awareness for just how sick you can get over uh, anything, whether it's letting your water or your eyes being assaulted by a color that you didn't know existed.
2: I hear they're going to be the subject of Michael Moore's next documentary and the injustice done to people who are blind who can now see only that color. <laughs> Seriously, it doesn't matter if they beat Maryland in a Big Ten matchup. Those were ugly. Speaking of ugly, the situation in Miami has gotten worse where they have repeatedly called Ray Allen and have an open contract left asking him to come back to the team, to which Ray Allen responded, we broke up, dog. Y'all look thirsty as fuck.
1: At which point J.R. Smith started subtweeting, uh, you want some of that pipe.
0: He may want some of that pipe, but we want some of that break time before we get into the walk-ons.
1: Looks like it's time for walk-ons. This past Sunday, the participants of the upcoming Super Bowl were decided in the AFC and NFC Championship Games. One of them, he close game coming down to the last minute squeaker one play really changed the game the other one well one play would not have made the difference either way uh let's start by talking about the nfc championship game hooli panthers defeat the cardinals a million to two i mean 49 15
2: didn't even seem that close on the million to two
1: (laughs) no um, I, I watched this game. I know that there was, um, w- one part where it looked like the Cardinals might have started a rally to try to get back into it, but just didn't happen. A lot of turnovers in this game, seven turnovers by the Cardinals. One was a Patrick Peterson muffed punt. Uh, the other six came from Carson Palmer.
2: That's right. Carson Palmer had more picks than a first graders nose. Oh, <laughs>
1: Uh, this game reminded me a lot of the, um, the Packers, uh, potatoes game earlier in the playoffs Mm -hmm. where cousins just threw, uh, you know, had a bunch of turnovers. I mean, I I really feel for Carson Palmer. He's been in the league for a long time. Uh, but you know, if he's been able to shake off playing for the Bengals and the Raiders, (laughs) I think he can shake this off.
2: Seriously, this game was a blowout. I don't know how he's going to shake it off. The only worst beating I've ever seen is when I played my cousin in Blitz three years ago at Thanksgiving. (laughs) Little kid didn't know it had to come in. Sorry, Edward. (laughs) It wasn't, I mean, it wasn't even close. I mean, they both had the same amount of first downs, but that's about where it stops. Panthers had 200 more yards of offense and one of their touchdowns was scored in the fourth quarter late when Luke Keekley picked him off for a mm-hmm. touchdown. They had like 90 more yards of offense. Oh, here's a stat that the Cardinals beat them in. They had eight penalties for 51 yards to the Panthers five for 45 yards. Nice work, Cardinals.
1: Well done. You always want bigger numbers, I assume, in that category as well. Thinking about this game uh, for for our podcast this week, I couldn't help but think about one of our topics last week. Talking about the Cardinals-Packers game. Going down to overtime, Cardinals only possessing the ball and -hmm. moving on. And we talked, uh, one of my points was that the whole point of the playoff system is to ensure that the better team moves on. And I can't help but feel that if this was a Packers-Panthers game, it would have been a lot closer. I still think the Panthers probably would have won. They were a, a great team all year, and I think that they deserve to be in the Super Bowl. But this was uh, embarrassing uh, for the Arizona Cardinals. And I, I it's a shame, but I can't help but think if the Packers would have gotten a possession in overtime, could they have won the game, and would this game have felt or looked different?
2: I just want to know who your crack dealer is, because I would love some. It doesn't matter who you put up against the Panthers last week. They looked unstoppable on all facets of the ball. They ran better. They threw better. They Their defense stifled Carson Palmer, and he looked like a rookie out there. I don't care if you put in a better quarterback with Aaron Rodgers and his full complement of weapons. Whoever it was was going to get smoked. I agree, and like I said,
1: I think that the Panthers were probably the best team all year.
2: Probably. They had the best record all year. They lost one game, which I think ended up helping them, show me a little humility that they can't sit back on their heels, that they have to stay hungry if they want to keep dabbing.
1: Sure, and I mean, it also took off the pressure of... Them having to worry about a perfect season, they can just focus on each game as it comes. Exactly, it was just like uh, who was who was in the NCAA tournament last year. Kentucky, uh, Kentucky? yeah. Um, you know, it's always that debate: is it better to lose the one and and have that pressure off, or do you want to try to keep it going? But you're right. I mean, it it really wouldn't matter. This we've we've seen Cam Newton's ascension to. Power. He sits in the throne now. He sits in the the blood and bone throne. Yeah. And this is his league now. I I, I mean, good. Uh, he's he's a charismatic personality. He's uh, a good face of the franchise. Always smiling. Always handing um, uh, balls to children. Uh, not, like, uh, Penn State,
2: but, like, in a oh. charity way. Um, <laughs> he's still getting fined for it. <laughs> and he doesn't mind. No, he doesn't. And he actually, he's getting fined $10,000 uh, from the league, but he also goes then and donates another ten to a charity, from what I understand. So, like, he's doing great philanthropic work, which is fine, because he has enough money left over from college to do that.
0: Yeah. <laughs> uh, huh. Uh, it also does seem like he gets more flack for being just like a player who dances in the end zone than anyone in the Paterno uh you know like situation did at any point like it, well, it, it,
2: Yeah, he's to, a black quarterback.
0: That's what I and Jerry Sandusky's wife. am white. getting at <laughs> Sorry
2: to cut you off then
0: No, no, I mean, I didn't really have a punchline there at all Really, it's just like pretty apparent to me that uh, this is just yet another institution that is uh, being run in a, a pretty disappointing way
2: Yeah, I was talking about this with my roommate, the Denver quarterback, Akib Talib, was saying that he just looks different than any other quarterback He's 6'3", 260, imposing figure, and I looked at my roommate and I was like, and he's black he absolutely looks different than the rest of the quarterbacks, and it's nonsense that he's catching flack for it because he's doing the Superman chest while he's winning games, and all Aaron Rodgers does is get State Farm endorsement deals for doing the championship belt. It's ridiculous.
0: Exactly. It's, it's an absolute double standard, and I've been really disappointed to hear so much about it all season. I have my own qualms with Cam Newton. I, uh, as a, you know, a conference <laughs> rival fan yeah, sure, back when sure. he— was playing uh, in the collegiate world. I didn't like the guy. He's got a, a gigantic ego, but goddamn, if it isn't founded, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. the guy is he is a, a, a one man machine, and he knows it. And you know, God bless him. He named his kid Chosen for goodness sake. His child's no. name is Chosen. He is someone who would bestow. A name like that upon a child. I I have qualms with Cam Newton, but they have nothing to do with him doing a Superman after he flies over a D-line <laughs> into the end zone.
2: Yeah. Uh, the most disturbing part about that is that Cam Newton's kid is tattooed on LeBron's back. <laughs>
1: They used to be real tight, had some falling out. <laughs> Neither of them want to talk about it. It's, it's just one of those mysteries in the sports world.
0: Speaking of the world's greatest mysteries, uh, why don't we talk about the other game that happened this weekend? Ooh, AFC Championship.
1: Um, two familiar faces uh, came together for an incredible game and a great story. Uh, Broncos end up defeating the Patriots 20 to 18.
2: yeah Mr. Buncheon was stopped in his pursuit of going back to the Super Bowl by quite frankly the best defense in the league yeah absolutely I think that's statistically correct as well
1: I it, you are correct uh, because that um, the Super Bowl will be the number one defense the Broncos versus the number one offense uh, the Panthers.
2: Don't the Panthers also have the number two defense? Yes, they do. Wow. Wolf. Yeah, they are a
1: great team. So, uh, a great team with starting wide receivers Ted Ginn Jr. and Corey Philly. Don't call me Philly Brown. Brown.
2: Yeah, that's what's most uh, most scary about them is that they don't have their number one threat and soon to be Pro Bowler Calvin Benjamin.
1: Yeah. Um, and Devin Funches is just coming on for them. But, hey, we're, we're talking about the AFC championship now. So uh, this was uh, – I know I, I would love to keep talking about it, but, hey, our listener really wants to hear about this game. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, it, it came down to a Steven Gutowski kick. Um, it's too bad. he, he uh, Gutowski has made uh, regular season and postseason 500 Twenty-three extra points in a row. Five hundred twenty-three extra points in a row. He has never missed an extra uh, an extra point. He has had one blocked his rookie season, but he has never he's never gone wide on an extra point until now. And now is when it mattered the most. Wow. Yeah. Broncos scored early, went up seven. Patriots scored missed the extra point we're down seven six never led for the game uh if they had made that they would have uh, scored a touchdown gone down 20 to 19 extra point could have tied it instead they had to go for two and failed and that was the game
2: yeah and it was looking great i mean this season when brady had his full complement of weapons edelman gronk steven jackson they were undefeated but unfortunately peyton manning had his full arsenal of weapons at his disposal with owen daniels who caught two touchdowns the broncos defense mm-hmm. and hgh so he was stock lock and ready to rock
1: yeah all all equally important contributors to this season <laughs> um i mean this this is it from peyton manning i i don't see him coming back next year i think this is this is Paul Walker in Fast Seven. They're just virtually <laughs> putting him in. This is all CGI, Peyton. At this point, but this is the narrative that needs to be told. It's his 18th season. He's number 18. He he's uh, career uh, for regular and postseason has 199 career wins, tied for most with Brett Favre. To to be. To get number two hundred to finish on top, he needs to win the Super Bowl, um, which would also give him two rings, which would also tie him for first in uh, the category of Archie Manning's favorite kid. <laughs> so,
2: <laughs> this is a really l- important. This a is lot big. to play for, yeah,
1: yeah. This is this is personal. It's professional. It's it's going to be huge. Um, it's really exciting. I think for Peyton to to. To make it back one last time, I mean I will eat I will eat a hat made of candy if he comes back
2: next year. I'll put it on a Papa John's pizza for you. <laughs> Papa John's not at all a sponsor of sports retorts with Julian and the Joe,
0: but we're not closed to the idea
2: yeah the I mean the Patriots really didn't stand a chance in this one i mean they... i mean Everything was close. They had more passing yards. The time of possession was about split the same. Turnovers were whatever. The biggest shocking statistic for me, maybe you know the Joe, mm-hmm. uh, but if you don't, the Patriots rushing leader. Oh, uh, in in this game? Yes. Um, I don't know. I would, uh, I would assume on face value, Steven Jackson. Sure. Except it was Tom Brady with – 13 yards on three attempts. Wow. They had 44 rushing yards for the game, and Tom Brady led with three attempts on 13 yards.
1: That's incredible. My favorite stat coming from the game was that the Denver Broncos defense had 20 quarterback hits in this game. They hit Brady 12 times. He wasn't hit more than 12 times all season, yet surprisingly they blitzed. On a season low, seventeen percent of downs, they were doing this with a three and four man rush, just eating the Patriots' O line. It, it was uh, I, I, a bad, bad end to the season.
2: Some of that can be explained on the side on the Patriots' sideline. There was a tablet malfunction, and they did not have their tablets to help them control the flow of the game. In a response after the game, Belichick said, "It's fine. We don't need tablets to cheat. We'll find another way."
1: They they can start looking next season because now they got, uh, they got a couple
2: months off. Yeah, now we can start throwing grenades into the lake to catch the fish that float up.
1: Congratulations, Broncos and Broncos fans. I mean, this is the most celebration that Colorado's seen since Amendment 64 passed.
2: That's right. They'll be dabbing in Colorado just like Cam Newton's dabbing in Carolina. Well, maybe a little bit of different dabs.
1: Yeah, we're not talking about Josh Gordon here.
2: Big ups, Colorado. Congratulations.
0: I think that probably means it's time for... Peyton's Recap of the Week. So, shortly after I found out what the results of the uh, AFC Championship game were, I texted the boys, no Tom Brady Super Bowl. (laughs) Uh, I, I think Peyton's inner
1: monologue at this point is, God, just give me one more ring.
2: That defense sure saved
1: my ass. Eli can't have more than me.
2: Patriots can't kick for shit.
1: (laughs) Bill and Tom, you're going home. When thinking about how he can possibly beat Cam Newton and the Carolina Panthers in the Super Bowl. Name your price, Beelzebub. <laughs>
2: All right, that was Peyton's recap of the
1: week. The Joe, my Cleveland Cavaliers,
2: never cease to amaze.
1: First place in the Eastern Conference, record of
2: they were thirty and eleven.
1: Thirty and eleven. Fired their coach. <laughs> told him, get out of here. You're not doing a good enough job or the job that we want you to do. Get the hell out. Uh,
2: yeah, You're going against what have to be in the Western Conference, two of the greatest teams of all time. You're not good enough.
1: The Cavaliers and GM David Griffin sent coach David Blatt packing. It kind of makes sense to me, and I don't know if that's the Clevelander in me trying to rationalize this or if it's an objective sports fan. The face you're giving me definitely says it's the first one.
2: No, it's the crack in you, again, that you've been smoking, <laughs> Joe. It's absolutely ridiculous. How 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 do you justify sending packing to Mark Jackson's and Tom Thibodeau's poker game?
1: Uh, I'm sure at the end of the season, they'll have a full table. Um, <laughs> because the goal for the Cleveland Cavaliers last season, this season, the next couple seasons for the foreseeable future is to win an NBA championship. And they obviously don't think that that's something that he can do. So you
2: got to make a change. You have to make a change with a guy who also has no head coaching experience in the NBA. It, at least David Bled had head coaching experience somewhere. And it didn't
1: matter. Here's the thing. I don't think that the coach of the team is going to have a substantial difference in the win-loss column for the regular season. This is an extremely talented team in an extremely easy conference. They're going to the playoffs no matter what. The, I mean, they, they would have to tank epically to miss the playoffs at this point. So they're going to go to the playoffs. They're probably going to be the top seed in the East with LeBron James, Kyrie Irving, uh, Kevin Love, and, and some solid bench players.
2: And garbage human J.R.
1: Smith. <laughs> J.R. Swish is a national treasure. Garbage human, go on. The difference between this team and the other top teams in the NBA is they haven't been playing as a team. They've been playing as a lot of individual talents wearing the same colors. And I think that the role of the coach for this team is to galvanize these players, to, to get them to play as a team. And for whatever reason, David Blatt was never that guy. He was hired before LeBron came back. Yeah, And this he wasn't meant to be the coach of a team of three superstars. He was meant to be the coach of a young team developing talent, which I think requires a different skill set. As soon as mm-hmm. uh, LeBron came back, they brought Ty Lue, on from the Lakers as the highest paid assistant in the league. It was clear looking back at it now, seeing all the pieces in place that this was probably their plan from last
2: season to groom him into an eventual head coach
1: to have him ready and waiting for when they needed him and that was now. They broke nah, they nah. broke glass in case of emergency. They they recently went I think it was a, What's the
2: emergency? They went You're a, in first place and all your players are now back and finally healthy. I yes. understand him that they can't fire him after last year's loss in the final because you were down two of your top 3 stars and Lebron's back was almost broken from carrying the team. Now, you have everyone back, they're starting to play a little bit better. They're playing better iso offense. And they're winning games still. Don't you have to let them lose a second time in the finals? Or is LeBron's window closing so quickly that the move has to be done now?
1: It has to be done now.
2: It's not not just that they win. I'm sorry. I just don't buy, then, your argument about needing to win in the playoffs. How does a rookie coach without any experience how does he help you in the postseason I
1: don't think that he's I don't think that he's going to be out coaching Popovich I don't think that Ty is going to be out coaching Steve Kerr he's not
2: out coaching Rick Carlisle he's not out coaching Brad Stevens he's not out coaching Oscar the Grouch and that's okay I don't think that's what the coach
1: of this team is there to do. I think the coach of the Cleveland Cavaliers in the uh, remainder of the 2015-2016 NBA season, I think it's his job to get these players to play their best. I think it's f- however he can do it by by getting them to play the way that they should. There's no reason that the team that I- is currently constructed shouldn't win an
2: NBA championship. And I think I have two reasons why they shouldn't.
1: And I think that, and I would love to hear those. Um, I, I think that it's not that the window is closing. I think that this configuration of the team is so close to have it's so close to have being been settled uh, that that the, everyone was going to be in their roles that mm-hmm. they were going to be mm-hmm. in mm-hmm. forever. And I think that this shakeup at this time before all the settlement has has come down to the bottom and and cast them in stone to their roles. I think that this shakeup was needed at this time for a chance to still win it this
2: season. First of all, my two reasons why they're not going to win are the San Antonio Spurs and the Golden State Warriors. It's just not going to happen. Whoever comes out of the West is winning. Also, so what you're saying is they have hit a ceiling. They cannot go any higher than this. Mm -hmm. They need to do something to break through and go past. Go past what? You're the top seed in the East. Yeah, the East is tighter. They're like, at the time, they were two games up on Toronto, I believe. And they need to do something to drastically shake everything up. What happens when they shake it up and now start losing? Then that's... They beat the Bulls? Great. Editor's note.
0: Huli meant to say that, in fact, the Bulls beat the Cavaliers, 96-83. to Fallible humans.
2: Barely squeaked by the Timber Pups recently, which woof. I mean,
1: I th- I think that they took a step backward to take two steps forward, and the rest of the season we'll see. At the end of the season, we could certainly look back at this and say this was a huge mistake. I think th- the what you asked what needed to be changed in Blatz. I think it was his last thirteen games; he was eleven and two. And those two losses came from the two reasons why they're not going to win the
2: championship. And so you fire a guy for losing to two of the best, most well-constructed teams possibly in history? Both of those teams are chasing 72 right now. You really can't fault a guy for losing to him. It's like going up against an arm wrestling match against Sly Stallone and then firing your forearm when you can't beat him. It's not your fault necessarily. I don't think that this is personal. I don't think. I I think you're right. I I don't blame
1: Blatt. He finishes his his, uh, Cavaliers coaching career with the best record of any Cavaliers coach ever, ever. I I don't blame him for this, and I I do. I think it's very unfortunate. I'm sure he's a nice guy, and he has a family, and this is super unfortunate. But it's the devil, you know, versus the one you don't. They could uh, the, the Cavaliers management could have either said, you know what, we'll take going to the finals and losing again or we'll try something different and see what happens. And that's what they did. That's the door they took.
2: So you are you really are thumbs up on this and I'm absolutely thumbs down on the move. I'm th- uh yeah.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm thumbs up with a shrug because what else can I be?
0: Said like a true Cleveland sports fan. <laughs> Well, David Blatt may be history, but there was also some history made this week in the NFL. The first full-time female assistant coach was hired by the Buffalo Bills, Catherine Smith. Boys, thoughts? Okay. Yeah, this is, this is awesome.
1: This is wonderful news. Um, sh- uh, Catherine Smith will be the special team's quality control coach for the Buffalo Bills, Rex Ryan's Buffalo Bills.
2: That's right. She's been with Rex for a while now. She was with the Jets for 12 years. Six of those were under Ryan. And then when he moved to Buffalo, he brought her with her as his executive assistant. And she's been excelling at everything that she's been doing. And I think it's fantastic that she's got an opportunity to coach uh, in a full-time position at the highest level in NFL.
1: Yeah, it's it's wonderful news. Um uh, obviously as you can imagine there was certainly others who thought otherwise and immediately took to the internet to start criticizing this. Oh, you I'm know I'm going to
2: hate this, aren't I? Uh
1: I mean kind of paraphrasing uh, a lot of people said uh, it doesn't bother me, but it'll rub some people the wrong way, said the only people that were bothered by it. Um, I mean, it, it's it's great news, um, and it doesn't make sense. The I, the one that keeps coming to mind is, uh, being from Cleveland, there's a, a shock jock there named Kevin Kiley on 92.3 The Fan, and I listened to his segment on it where he repeatedly said that they were setting her up to fail and it wasn't fair to her to put her in this position to coach men and she's never put on pads and all of this stuff. I know. I know. It wasn't
0: fair to her to set her up for this. What about all of the women who were probably fit for doing roles like this in the past, who it wasn't fair to, to exclude all these gears. Exactly.
1: Uh, he was making an argument like, um, uh, like it, it's just, It's not something that she can do.
2: Sure, sure, sure.
0: I mean, I've heard the same thing said uh, in response to things like, as comedians, this is something that, uh, you know, we talk about and think about a lot. Um, I heard the same thing said about when Sashir Zamata was hired as the first female African-American SNL cast member, that it um, shed too much, you know, uh, pressure on this position I, I think that we can't talk about these kinds of moves in that way. We have to start somewhere. And whoever gets to be that person, uh, f- hopefully the first of many in both situations, should, be, should have everyone's support, period, end of conversation. It's true.
2: Uh, and it's also a nonsense argument on their end. Uh, This past summer, Becky Hammond made a lot of fantastic news and progress when she became the first full-time head coach of a basketball team and a summer league team Mm -hmm. for the Spurs summer league. And what did she do? Oh, she won the summer league. (laughs) Yeah. That's what she did. Greg Popovich, everyone who falls off the Greg Popovich coaching tree is outstanding. The fact that she was on there speaks nothing to her gender. It speaks everything to do with her ability to coach, and that's what she showed and exemplified in her time during this summer league. There's no reason why I would think that Catherine Smith could not have the same helpful impact.
1: Yeah, Rex has said that she was the most qualified for this position, and I, I believe him. There, There's no reason to believe that this is some kind of just PR thing. It's not like they just hired her off the street. It, Honestly,
0: y- even if it is, I don't give a shit. Uh, to to be perfectly honest, not to like belittle your point, but <laughs> maybe it is PR. Cool, that's good PR. It gets a woman in that position, and obviously, like as you said, she's qualified in the first place. But my two cents. Yeah, I, and no, I I'm
1: I'm confident that she went through the same process that. Every coach in Rex's organization goes through, which is uh, male or female, which is um, him watching them walk around bare feet in his <laughs> office for 20 minutes. <laughs> so regardless of gender. Sure. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, it's been exciting recently. There's been a lot of first females in the last. 12 to 18 months in the yeah. sporting world. Uh, Becky Hammond, the first uh, full-time coach in the NBA. Nancy Lieberman became the second full-time coach um, hired in 2015 by the Sacramento Kings, which I didn't realize Vlade Divac was running their organization. That's pretty cool.
2: No, it's not. He's the reason that he Boogie is not in Boston. I don't want to get into that.
1: Uh, last August, the NFL hired Sarah Thomas as the first ever female referee.
2: Jen Welter became the linebacker coach of the Arizona Cardinals in training camp. 16-year-old French uh,
1: shortstop Melissa Mayu was added to Major League Baseball's international registration list. First female ever there, which means that she's eligible to be signed by any Major League ball club. I didn't know that.
2: That
0: that's is great. awesome. I didn't yeah. know that either. That's super dope. Yeah, I mean... Uh, I
2: wanted to be Monet Davis, but damn, that's dope.
0: Yeah, right? Uh, Monet's well on her way, especially with someone like this, you know, totally leading it, the way. It, be, this is exactly my point yeah. about starting the conversation anywhere leads to people who should be joining that same, you know, movement, uh, being able to do so more easily. Yeah,
1: and I if this is in any way insensitive, please tell me, but like I look forward to the day when stuff like this isn't news. Like when there No, when I agree. Yes. I think yes, yes, yes. I
0: absolutely yeah. co-sign that.
1: Like the NFL has just signed its 57th full-time female head coach. It's like, no, we don't need to talk about that because that just means it's normal now. Um, yeah. And I look forward to when this is normal. I mean, the opposite has happened where, where men have come into women's uh, leagues. I, I'm sure you all remember um, uh, the sh- the Charlotte Uh, beat the basketball team, dropped uh, forward Jamal Jeffries, who then had to dress up as a woman and play for the Charlotte Banshees, as uh, noted in the 2002 documentary, Joanna Man. So So it's just about time that that the opposite has started happening.
2: No, that's real. And men have been coaching. I mean, Bill Ambeer had Mm -hmm. a lot of success with the Detroit Shock and... Yeah, and Gene Ariema has been doing a fantastic job up there in Connecticut for a number of years now. And there's,
1: Ugh. yeah, it, it it doesn't make sense to say that somebody's chromosomes or the 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 whether or not they have interior or exterior genitalia can make a difference as to whether or not they can understand concepts, pick up patterns, instruct players on how to do it, and make adjustments in game. It doesn't
2: make sense probably actually end up being better at communicating with people i was actually also. gonna say the like, same
0: thing if anything it may end up being an advantage because you're looking at the situation from a, a totally you know uh not to uh it's basically say the opposite of what you said but from a different perspective you know yeah. I, like i i know that i watch football differently than a lot of males do you know it, it's
2: but even on a like In a communication level, females tend to do it better than men. Like, let's be perfectly honest. We're a bunch of assholes. And, like, especially in the NFL, the type of dudes that are there are just going to be asses. Yeah. So, like, being able to bring in a different perspective may not be a bad thing. And, like, I don't don't know what they're so, like, she's not going to be, like, in the locker room, like, eyeing them down or, like measuring dicks or anything because she's inclined to men because she's a straight woman. Like, it's just ludicrous. Uh,
1: and, I mean, I, I've never met her. I, I don't know anything about her other than what I've read in these reports. I don't even know if she is a straight woman. I
2: don't know. I only assume because 9 out of 10 people statistically are straight. Exactly. Which also means on a 53-man roster, statistically, 5 of your teammates are probably gay. And let's just say that because it's the NFL, that number— has been decreased by five times that, you probably still have one person who's inclined to be attracted to you on your team. Yeah. Whether or not they're open about it, which is a whole different can of worms that we can get into later, but it's not like you're their teammate. You don't see them as, or you shouldn't see them as a sexual object or being or anything like that. They should absolutely be your brother or sister in arms willing to fight for the same cause
0: it's your job you don't yeah think about yes. I don't go to my job and think oh it's weird that I am gonna have to interact with that person differently because they like having sex with a person of the same gender you know like it's absurd to think that at all uh and I think that it's an apt analogy to this situation you know uh, putting a woman in this place of power and leadership is nothing else but that it's it's and if the players are not going to be able to uh you know be willing to be open to that then that is on the players not the organization for hiring that woman no
2: good on you and bills have set this record this precedent in the past they actually hired the first female scout in 1986 so this is not something that's new to them they've happily employed women in positions that other teams will not for a number of years now. And I never thought I'd say this. Good on you, Buffalo Bills.
1: You did it. Circle the wagons.
2: They did not win the Super Bowl, but they took a giant step forward in gender equality in football. So thank you. Good on you.
0: Boy, this thing's a blowout, but let's sit down for some garbage time. Time to bring it around with some garbage time. It's the Panthers versus the Broncos in the Super Bowl. If all actual NFL mascots were to fight in a tournament, who wins?
2: Oh, Hmm. Oh, uh, this one's easy for me. I got to go Chargers. Nothing beats electricity. Hence, at the end of Gremlins 2, when they shoot that electrical guy out of the phone and fly the floor, I'm going Chargers.
1: Um, I was going to say it's probably going to be down between the Giants and the Titans. I figure they'll just crush anything else that, you know, horses, birds, dolphins, they're they're not going to mean anything.
2: Can't crush electricity, (laughs) brah. All right, fair enough.
0: So would you rather fight a Titan-sized Bronco or (laughs) a hundred Bronco-sized Titans? (laughs) Um...
1: I
2: get wolf.
1: <laughs> I
2: guess Broughton. I guess Bronco-sized Titan. A hundred of them. No, the other one then. Whichever one is closer closer uh, to fighting uh, Andre the Giant in Princess Bride.
0: That would be a Titan-sized Bronco. I mean, that's it's just right? a Titan giant horse. You can't even Bronco. reason with that thing. No, you yeah. can climb
2: inside it with a hundred of your best friends, Trojan style.
0: Andre Drummond missed a record 23 free throws in a game recently. What is Shaq's response?
1: (laughs) It's just like Shaq always said, you miss 100% of the free throws you take.
0: (laughs) Kevin Durant recently called Young Lurch a unicorn. What mythical creature is Durant? Uh, He is
1: uh, Shelob from Lord of the Rings. They're talking about that tarantula spinning his big old web. Mm. <laughs>
2: I was going to say Medusa because he turns his opponents to stone as he just blows by them.
1: <laughs> That's good too.
0: Triple H recently won the Royal Rumble, raising the question should grown men be watching wrestling? I'm frankly uncomfortable
1: with any other demographic watching that many greased up men. <laughs> on a piece of canvas. So, yes, they should.
2: Yeah, I'm going to – I grew up a wrestling fan. I'm still a wrestling fan. I watched the Royal Rumble. I was actually rooting for Jeans Ambrose the whole time. He did not do well, but AJ Styles got in. I'm going to go, yes, I love wrestling. Grown men should absolutely watch wrestling.
1: Who was your uh, wrestler growing up? The road dog, Jesse James. Oh,
2: nice. Uh,
1: I was always an Undertaker fan.
0: Peyton Manning was drafted into the NFL when Cam Newton was nine years old. Which athlete would you like to see take on a kid, and in what type of competition?
2: I want to see Triple H wrestle a baby. But I want to see the baby get put over by Triple H in a barf pin.
1: (laughs) I would like to see Marshawn Lynch go beast
2: mode over a whole second grade class. (laughs) (laughs) Lure them in with Skittles and then just trample them.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, uh, next week we'll uh, recap the NHL All-Star Game, which is happening uh, this coming Sunday, the 31st. Um, we will assuredly have a Super Bowl preview. We'll tell you about any other historical signings that have happened in any of the major sports or baseball.
2: We will debate on whether or not we are actually getting a Twitter handle and I'm sure we're going to get into some of the NBA All-Stars which were recently just announced as well.
1: Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Please like us on Facebook. Uh, We'll be up on iTunes soon. We're getting that all figured out with our uh, technical team which consists of a couple of our friends. So... Thank you. Uh, Please, uh, if you like this, share us with your friends. If you don't like this, share it with your enemies.
0: And we'll hear about how this week contained more coaching changes than when Craig T. Nelson's show was moved for sweeps.